0: Losing spending power due to inflation is never a good thing. When you're on a fixed income, it can even be devastating. On today's podcast, we'll offer seven ways to handle inflation in retirement.
2: Welcome. Great to have you along. Thanks so much for joining us on our podcast journey, Money Matters USA with Fred Sade, founder, managing director of the fiduciary firm of the same name. Fred holds a PhD in economics from Duke University and in the financial services industry for over a quarter of a century. Now, Fred himself is a fiduciary specializing in retirement planning. And on this podcast, he gives us something to really think about every week in regards to retirement planning. Fred, and we've been thinking a lot about volatility and inflation and things like that lately
0: yep we certainly we certainly have see, a rebirth of risk yeah no doubt uh we're
2: certainly feeling inflation it's hard to believe a difference that two years can make 1.3 percent in August 2020 and now over eight. And, of course, the Fed doing its uh, – really using the tool that they have at their disposal to combat inflation. And, uh, and of course, Jerome Powell weighing in, chair of the Federal Reserve, uh, after announcing another Fed hike. What was that interest rate hike? About a week and a half ago or so. Uh, and, and, of course, in the attempt to help curb inflation, he says it's not going to happen quickly, though.
0: So I, I don't um – I don't know what the odds are. I think that that there's a very high likelihood that we'll have uh, a period of what I've mentioned is below trend growth by which I mean lo- much lower growth and we're seeing that now. So the median forecast I think this year for uh, among my colleagues and and me
1: was 0.2% growth. So that's that's very slow growth and and then below trend next year. I think the median was 1.2 also well below. So that's a slower uh, that's a, that's a very slow level of growth and it could give rise to increases in unemployment.
2: I'm not as well read on financial matters as you, Fred, but I do. Um, I've seen so many different, uh, predictions and opinions. And even on just the, the, uh, actions taken by the fed, you know, you'll read one thing and it'll go, he's going too far. And you'll read another saying he's going to stop. Like when people stop, uh, when the doctor prescribes medication and they stop taking it when they feel better. Uh, <laughs>
0: That's true. That's true. I mean, if Powell is talking, uh, he's talking tough. And he's had all the Fed governors out there, and they're talking tough about fighting inflation. thing of it is uh, that Wall Street is still skeptical about Powell. And when you look at the amount of selling that uh, has occurred, uh, starting on, on Friday, it's not panic selling by the uh, professionals, if, if you just look at what they're doing um, on, on futures and on options, particularly on on puts, there there's just no um, there's just no panic. They really believe in the in their gut that Powell is going to give in once the economy starts to crater, and. They just don't believe that he is serious about um, requiring uh, high unemployment. Five, six percent uh, unemployment is is what they're what they're aiming uh, at.
2: Is that what I mean. it would take, though? I've heard a, a, a pretty severe recession to get us out of this inflation. Mess.
0: Yeah, it would. Um, the, they go with something called the Phillips curve and the the. The theory, it's a Keynesian theory, but the theory is that there is a direct relationship between inflation, hot inflation, and full employment with pressure on wages. So the only way to cool the wage pressure is to induce a high level of uh, unemployment. So when you look at uh, unemployment in, in the Keynesian world, you're really talking about something around three and a half to four percent unemployment. That is, quote unquote, the air quotes, the normal
1: mm-hmm.
0: unemployment rate. And and but they're looking for a rate of unemployment that's that's in that six percent uh, uh, range. And that's that's what they're aiming at. So. Wow, I know that we've looked at that's that pain he was talking about,
2: then, right? Part yeah, of yeah,
0: a lot of a lot of pain. Yeah, uh, but you know, even when Powell talks about the um, ninety-day Treasury bill, and and that's that's what's referred to as the neutral rate. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he's talking about a number around four or five percent. Wall Street. They're still, t- you know, they're not talking about two percent. And on the other hand, they're still thinking that in in the Fed world, that's the number that they're aiming at is two percent, two percent inflation. I mean, you really have to go back to the Eisenhower, you know, years where where we had inflation around one one quarter percent, one to third percent, and growth around two percent. I mean, you really have to go back pretty far was that, that, that august that 2020
2: kind of just an anomaly i mean it 1.3 is that correct i mean was that yeah, just no, a short that's, that's
0: that's a correct number when mm-hmm. when when trump uh when when trump left office inflation was 1.6 percent mm-hmm. and um and then it started to go up with the, with the new administration and uh, you know i i'm yeah, I'm, an ag- I'm agnostic here. I'm non, i non political. Right, right. I just, mean, I'm just looking. I'm just looking at. Well, at that's the what, that's why. That's why I was wondering
2: if it was really lower then because we were still in the midst of um, COVID. Was it?
0: More? Yeah, we we were, and um, we had we had a lot of transfer payments. Um, Mnuchin authorized this a. A, a four trillion dollar expansion in the money supply and on the trump it, it uh, by the time Trump left uh, it was somewhere between 3.3 to 3.5 trillion yeah of, of money that was created out of thin air
2: and I know that it was low regardless uh and yeah. not nearly I mean it's been 40 years since we've seen it this high it's just you know oh, yeah. one, one thing <laughs> Fred um, that amazes me and you can probably explain why uh when Powell comes out with his uh, interest rate hike announcement why can't he do it on a saturday let the market cool a little bit because even though i know you're saying that they're they're feeling a little overconfident maybe that he won't go too far uh but they i mean there was panic that day or is that too is that achieving his goal somewhat to slow the economy yeah Yeah,
0: it it is It, it is what you saw primarily occurred in the future's market, you have people closing out futures positions. Uh-huh. Okay, and you, and that's really what you uh, what what you saw and it impacted the, the standard and poor's if if you look at the VIX, which is the measure of volatility? It is not in catastrophic shape, which is why I'm saying that you don't you don't see uh, a catastrophic reaction yet mm-hmm. uh, on on Wall Street. Okay. Uh, now that could occur. But where, uh, if, where do if, you want
2: the economy to slow, Main Street or Wall Street, to get us out of this, or both? He
0: wants he wants to see both. Uh-huh. Now, uh huh. Now there's um. There's a research study, Gartner Research, is saying 35 million Americans, 35 to 37 million job changes. That's 20 percent of the working population say that they're going to change jobs this year. But I I don't know what that's going to be once the impact of of the uh, Fed's policy uh, is felt, because we're already seeing layoffs uh, at uh, some of the money center banks uh, and on on um, and some of the uh, private equity uh, firms. So I don't know. I think this is this is going to spread. But I mean, I'm, I st- you still go by some of the smaller shops, and I still see signs in the window saying "Help Wanted." Mm-hmm. So yeah. mean, these are small restaurants, you know, small businesses. Yeah. So yeah. that may just be that you know the the owner uh, is um, you know doing everything and, and needs needs some help i just yeah, you know, might be one or two people. I I, I don't know, but w- what I do know it, right now is um, the the Fed the Fed is talking tough. They're acting tough, and uh, they're not. And so far, they are not backing. They're no, not backing do it. down. Well, it does not help that our currency is strong in comparison. I was reading that to today. Other currencies, like yeah, like the British so,
2: pound. <laughs> you know. Yeah.
0: Well, th- this is this is historic. The, the pound may go down and be one to one on parity with the dollar. Th- this is really astonishing. But the thing of it is that when um, you see. A um, the dollar being strong in comparison to other currencies, you see other central banks parking excess funds here overnight to, to earn the higher interest rates than than they're getting in their in their own economies. So this is not good uh, for um, for us because we will not be able to export our way out of a recession. Mm. So I, I suppose. <coughs> Excuse me, I suppose the, the question is, okay, um, you know you're, you're five years before retirement and let's say you're in retirement and you're looking at your situation and you're saying, well, what what should I do? And um, I think the first thing that you need to look at is um, what's the impact of inflation? on you personally, because we all have our own personal inflation rate, and that's relevant to us because everybody's rate is different. And the national inflation figures are a composite that the country is divided into quarters. uh, And the inflation rate, uh, it runs differently, say, in, in the north than it does in the south or the west. Well, you take the inflation rate of the four quarters, add them together, divide it by four, and, and that's the national uh, inflation rate. And mm-hmm. that may not be relevant to your personal uh, inflation rate. So it's a good idea to see what your spending patterns are, see what they've been over the last quarter, say, yeah, and then um, you can get some idea uh, of um what the impact uh, is of inflation is uh, for you and then you can begin to see uh, what adjustments do you have to make assuming that inflation will will actually you know get worse and in Europe energy inflation is all about energy in this country, inflation is about energy. It's not the only issue, but it's certainly, you know, an issue uh, for uh, for energy, which, which primarily is powered by natural gas and backup by nuclear right now. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and, and for uh, home heating oil, for, for gasoline, for diesel. So I, I think you have to say, well, let's assume that things are going to get worse. And so you, if, if you remember your basic budgeting, you have fixed expenses that you can't necessarily do much about. And you have variable expenses where you may have some flexibility. So you might be able to look at your variable expenses and see what can you change do, do you need all the streaming video that you have do you need all the cable channels uh, what about um, you know how you're spending your money at the at the supermarket or the, or, the, or, the, or the or the fresh uh, food market what what adjustments uh, can you can you make have you taken out taken a look at your wardrobe has uh, stuff that was in the back of your closet now come back into style so How how much red ink do you have, or or are you black ink all the way, and if you are, by what margin? So what adjustments do you need to make now, and what should you be thinking about uh, on a going-forward basis on the assumption that inflation will get worse and not better, and, and certainly not in the foreseeable future. Yeah, I guess a temporary
2: reevaluation on many things too, your expenses, your budget, what can you cut out? Uh even to possibly postponing big expenses like a big trip, postponing, not canceling <laughs> or my, yep. maybe a, a remodeling project at home. And even I was going to get your take on this too, looking at do you draw
0: on cash temporarily? Uh, you know, that's a, that is a real that's a tough one, because, because as the interest rates have gone up, all of a sudden cash, it, there was a saying on Wall Street, cash is trash, mm. unquote. I mm. didn't say that. I didn't make that up. Right. That's what they said on the street. Uh-huh. But because but interest rates are high now, uh, all of a sudden cash is, is a real asset. So you know a, a three-year CD is, about, is paying about 2%. A three-year multi-year guarantee annuity is is about three and a half, um, uh, three and a quarter. Um, so, all of a sudden, you can you can get uh, high, relatively high, uh, interest rates. So, you real it really is a question of what are the sources of your income. I mean, if you are a hundred percent market dependent, then you may not have a lot of good choices because if you're going to sell anything you are going to sell your winners, which you may not want to do. Right. So you may have to use uh, uh, cash plus social security. Uh, on the other hand, if you're more diversified and you have other f- fixed sources of income, you may be able to let the cash ride or, or get a return uh, on on uh, on some of your cash and not have to spend your your cash down. I think that's entirely a question of uh of how you are how you have configured uh, your assets if you're you know 100% in real estate 100% in equities you're going to you're going to have a challenge on on generating cash uh to live on how so, has um this
2: situation we're in now Change the way retirees or future retirees may look at their plans on whether they were going to downsize or relocate to another state. But now with interest rates going up, has you know has that changed?
0: That it may. You know, people always talk about downsizing or relocating, but they don't. In most cases, they they don't want to give up the house. A lot of memories, um, if, especially if they've paid the mortgage off. Uh, they're looking at it. I don't have a mortgage. I'm just paying the taxes. Um, it may it may make sense uh, to to at least downsize. You may like the community that you're in. You may want to stay in the community. Maybe slightly different neighborhood, uh, smaller house, or maybe you you know uh, here in, in New Jersey, the the uh, Shore County uh, don't if you're over sixty five and if you live in a Shore County. Uh, you will not pay school tax, so mm-hmm. you may want to live in an over fifty-five community, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you don't have to pay the school tax, and that's a very large part uh, of the real estate taxes. You may qualify for senior uh, real estate tax free, so th- there, there can be a number of things that you may want to, you know, want, want to look at. I don't know how it is in in other states, but in general uh, terms, you may want to look at a a different. You may like. The town that you're in, you may want to live in a different neighborhood where, where there are more people that are closer uh, to your age and we, we're going to have more uh, activities. But, but again, you, you've got to see what your uh, sources of income are and how much uh, disposable income you have, how much free cash flow do you have, and, and how urgent is, is the need to, to make these um, adjustments. You know, I know when
2: you're helping someone or meeting with them for the first time, then you're looking at everything, but you're having to look at it through the lens of now, but also through the lens of later. We're not going to be like this forever and retirement's longer now, so you you have to you you have you have to be a multitasker because you have to look ahead even 30 plus years.
0: Yeah, you do. I mean, average retirement is 25-30 years now or or you know, in between 25 and and 30. Uh, years, uh, some people pick will say it's 27, but that you know it's in that it's in that uh, kind of uh, kind of range, and and um, you know you can't you can't you cannot say that um, you know holding equities uh, if you hold them long enough equities forever, which is essentially what, what uh, Professor Siegel says it's always equities, and uh, Malawski, Dr. Molevsky, Professor Malevsky, Done his own research, and and he has found that um, oh, annuities, for, uh, excuse me, uh, equities forever doesn't always work. There are times where equities just don't uh, don't come back. It just it also depends on you know what sectors of the economy uh, that you're invested in, what the factors are that uh, that you're using uh, in your in your portfolios, and and if you're just buying the S and P five hundred. Um, you know, that doesn't always come back in a way that you would like it to come back, and it may take longer uh, to come back than than, than uh, you are comfortable uh, with. So th- there's a lot of research out there that, uh, that has uh, challenged uh, Siegel. Uh, I mentioned Belewski, uh, uh Macquarie. Uh, has also done, uh, research. There's a lot of research going on at NYU, uh, also, uh, attacking, uh, uh, Siegel. Uh, and, and now I, th- I don't take this as an attack on Professor Siegel. I don't put myself in the same category as him, uh, but, but they are questioning, uh, his conclusions mm-hmm. uh, and, and the same thing, uh, for, uh, uh Professor Schiller of uh, of Yale, uh, some of the conclusions that they've come to based on the research that they claim to uh, to have done, and I'm going to let it you know stop at that okay. at, at that at that point. But, I, but what I what I would say is that you know if, if you're 65 years old and um, it's going to take you 10, 11, 12, 15 years uh, for your portfolios to recover, you know then you know that that's a real that's a real consideration. So it's not just diversification that's important. It's is rebalancing and what theory of rebalancing, you know, are you, are you using? And this is important because people will change advisors and, and the new advisor doesn't like what the old advisor did. So your positions get liquidated and you got a new theory of, you know, of, of investing. And, um, you know, we always tell people that it's a good idea uh, to, to get a second opinion, to, to get a review uh, of, uh, and software that I that use is institutional-based software. It's very powerful, much more powerful than consumer software that most advisors use. And we can do scenario planning, scenario analysis, so that we can um, have a realistic Ways of looking at the positions that you're in the portfolio, or what what it is you own. Now, I'm not saying that I have a crystal ball and I can predict the future. I'm not trying to predict the future at all. I'm just trying to take some realistic uh, scenarios that that are realistic and are very likely to happen. And I want to know what, how would your portfolio react? I mean, if uh, an exa- an exa- for example, we did three Federal Reserve adverse scenarios for about 15 months before the Fed started tightening. Now, some people criticized us, but we said that you know nothing is forever, and uh, what happens if? And um, and our, the scenarios that we used were, were very were very accurate. We also had adverse China. Scenarios, and again, we were criticized by, oh, no, nothing will ever happen. Well, they did. They have uh, supply chains a real issue. So we can model uh, all everything that is occurring right now. We can actually model that and show you how your portfolio is reacting and what your what your range is, both the up and the down. Now. That's not to say that I can see into the future I, I I can't and I wouldn't make that that claim. What I can see is is what the range of the up and down is uh, in your in, in what you uh, currently uh, own and can model other portfolios for you and you can see how much risk you want to take on and it's imperative that um, your advisor be able to define risk. Your advisor needs a definition of risk, and you have to decide if you agree with that definition of risk. It's not enough to just say risk is a four-letter word, and, and, and I'm not going to worry about it. You have to worry about it. Grantham says that the essence the essence of investing is, 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 to, is to manage risk and, and not to manage gains And and, uh, that's that's our approach uh, in in a nutshell. And keep in mind that when you schedule
2: with Fred and you can no matter where you are, you can schedule with Fred. Uh, He's going to look at the now, but he's also going to look at the later in planning for uh, what's the longest retirement, I guess, in in the history of humankind. Uh, Now, (laughs) with people living longer, would you think that's I would say, how long do you think the retirement was 2000 years ago? a day
0: not, 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 yeah not uh, very long uh, right. somebody hit you with a rock or a club over the head or you got eaten by a dinosaur uh, we
2: can't
0: but imagine they were, were eat vegetables it's certainly longer <laughs> though
2: now if you think about it i mean can you imagine uh that we ever think a 30 plus year retirement uh, at some point, we're going to have to start rethinking the start starting point on that, but it, we're not there yet. But anyway, you, Fred will look ahead for you. Here's how you schedule with Fred, 800-593-8188, uh, 800-593-8188. Also, encourage you to check out uh, Fred's website. It's moneymattersusa.net moneymattersusa.net. Well, coming up, a very quick break, but uh, we're going to do a quick run through of some retirement income that's not taxable. That's on the way with Money Matters USA. Are you losing sleep over market volatility affecting your hard-earned retirement savings? You can't afford to lose a big portion of your nest egg with not enough time to recover. Many people want safety and the guarantee of principle, but also prefer the potential of higher growth with the market. And now you can have both. Call Fred Sade at Money Matters USA at 800-593-8188. That's 800-593-8188. Back with Money Matters USA. You know, um, I I think it's pretty much a consensus on where we think taxes will go, Um, and With that in mind, Fred has put together a list of retirement income that is not taxable. And we're going to just roll through this. I'm going to get Fred's take on several things here. Um, I think the best place to start with this would be uh, Roth.
0: Yeah, uh, if if you are in good health uh, and you can anticipate living past the tax break-even point on the Roth, then I think they may... uh, they make a lot of, a lot of sense. The, um, if you are doing a conversion, there's no income limit on a conversion. You can convert as much as you uh, want. And mo- generally speaking, most people will convert through the 22%, sometimes through the 24% bracket. And generally speaking, they're not going to go past that. But the time to do that in my opinion is to is before you become rmd eligible now if you don't have any qualified assets you know then that's a different that's a different game it's mm-hmm. a different conversation but we are assuming that you have qualified assets of whatever of whatever kind and they and the roth makes a lot of sense because there's no rmd requirement Uh, for you or for your spouse. Now, there are RMD requirements for non-spousal beneficiaries, but the RMD in a Roth is not taxed. Now, I'm assuming, and it's only an assumption that Congress has in mind that if they force you to take the money, you're going to spend it in such a way that eventually it's going to get taxed somehow, some way. So that's the only reason that I can Think of, or in general principles, they don't want you to be able to estate plan with qualified assets. They don't want you to be able to inherit these onward, onward, onward. You know, for ninety nine years uh, in a dynasty uh, type uh, trust. Now, if you um, if if you're if you're single uh, and you have income above one hundred forty four thousand, or you're married, uh, two hundred fourteen thousand then uh, you, can, you can do conversions all you want. You just can't do contributions. The the, upshot, the, the end result is going to be the same. These are all taxable mm-hmm. uh, events, and, and you can use uh, qualified assets to pay for uh, the taxes. Now, nobody is going to recommend that you use assets that's in a, that's in a tax-deferred payment to pay for, for a Roth conversion but if that's your only source of capital, uh, then the cho- and the, your choice is not to is to do a Roth or not do a Roth, uh, and you're in good health, then I think that uh, that that's going to make sense. Of course, you can pencil and paper it, you know, and 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 do the and do your own calculation. But I still think it it makes uh, it makes sense.
2: Looking at tax, uh, what can be non-taxable retirement income put it that way what are your thoughts on municipal bond income
0: um i i, I have I have no issue with muni with bonds but I do caution people to be careful because uh, there are um, uh, municipal bond issuers that that do uh, take refuge uh, in bankruptcy and and you can you can look that up uh, and and see how many. Uh, have have uh, gone bankrupt, and you have to look at the uh, type of muni. Is it, is it a revenue? Is it revenue anticipation? Is it tax anticipation? Is it going to be paid out of general revenues? What type of muni uh, is it, and, and make your uh, decision. Now remember, if you are Social Security eligible or receiving Social Security. Um, municipal bond interest is not taxable for social security purposes but it will be included in the modified adjustable gross income calculation so it it will push up the your other income that will be uh, taxable and don't forget the nasty tax torpedo uh, the tax bazooka whichever phrase you like Mm -hmm. is still hiding uh uh, when when you are uh, social, social Security uh, eligible, but if you're living in a high tax state, uh, you know New York, New Jersey, California, Illinois, uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, uh, to name a few, uh, Connecticut. I mean Massachusetts. I mean I can go on. You get the idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to look at you're going to look at your your own state issued muni's. Uh, you know, as as a way of getting um, uh, you know a stream of of tax free uh, income, but but all the but these other considerations that I mentioned at the beginning, you know, still still apply. Don't don't forget that there are vulnerabilities uh, to uh, you know to to munis, um, and, and keep that and keep that in mind. You
2: touched on the social security taxation equation. Uh, so, if you do owe taxes, I mean, it is subject to it. Uh, if if you do, then that's actually a good problem to have, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, I i have uh, I have a client who says to me that his goal in life is to uh, pay in taxes each year the exact amount of gross income that he that he earned that year but paying taxes, uh, you know, for the previous year. So he sees that as uh, as a goal. Mm. That's his goal uh, uh-huh. to, that he shoots for. Uh, and he's very he's very happy to okay. uh, to pay. Um, uh, that's his philosophy. I'm not saying he's right or wrong. That's what he believes. Um, we'll go with it. <laughs> you know, um the thing that, that people have to remember about uh, social security is, a lot of talk about reforming Social Security, and there's no way to know uh, what is going to happen. There, there are as many ideas out there as, as you have in a package of jelly beans. I mean, mm. there's just no way to know where this is going. Now, what you do have to keep in mind uh, is that uh, if you are a single individual and you have earned income, and it's earned income that, that counts here, uh, plus your investment incomes uh, coming from, you know, munis, Social Security, uh, annuities, whatever. What so we're adding up all the sources of income. Not, I, I want to emphasize, some people misunderstand. They only think it's it's salary, commissions, wages. It's not. It's all sources of income are thrown into this pot. If you're single, between 25 and 34,000, you 50 percent of Social Security is included to be taxed, and uh, and above 34,000, you you get that second layer of taxation at 85 percent. If you're a joint filer, it's income between 32 and 44,000. And uh, excuse me, uh, yeah, above forty-four thousand, you may you you may pay above. You may be included Uh uh, as much as eighty-five percent. Now, one of the reforms that's being talked about is to adjust uh, these and uh, and bring them and bring them up, not fully up, but. More up front, because the fifty percent was under Reagan and thirty five. The additional thirty five was under Clinton, and and it, it's really unfair. But uh, in order to do the various tax cuts, uh, uh, whether whether it was Reagan or or Bush or, uh, or Clinton on capital gains, they 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 want to they count in the income that they that they get from the additional taxes here. Uh, it's, it's really unfair. It's a tax on a tax. It really but, is. I mean, I don't but, know how you see it any other way. Well, I, I can't. Uh, I, I, I don't. And, and you know, there's just too many. Uh, there were just too many possible. I just took uh, two uh, courses on updates on Social Security and blah, blah, blah. And and there are just too many possible and no, because nobody nobody knows. There's so many ideas floating out there. We'll know what it is when Congress gets around to passing it. Um, and I don't, I don't know. You know, they could always put it out. if they pass Secure Act 2.0, they might tack that onto some must-pass bill, and they could also tack on a Social Security reform. Uh, on a must pass bill so who knows well, I, I mean know. that's that's what they're talking about right now don't you think social
2: security they've got a little a ways longer they can kick that can down the road a yeah. little bit with that
0: yeah uh, they, they they can i mean i uh, right now they really have to address medicare uh, Medicare is in terrible shape, and, mm. and so is Medicaid. And every time, you know, they keep on expanding the eligibility. Basically, uh, you know, it's basically a Medicare uh, eligibility expansion. Yeah, um, I'm not taking a position pro or con. Right. I'm simply saying that it puts more pressure uh, on the uh, resources sure. that, that fund uh, Medicare, and and eventually you have to go into general tax revenues. Uh, to make up for the difference. And that really gets to this whole issue of budgeting at the federal level and um, where they don't have a budget and they just pass these continuing resolutions. And so they, they just talk about kicking a can down the road. They just don't address the problem.
2: Yeah, no, they uh, don't. And- they just...
0: So we are left with time. it. Uh, now, the other, the other thing that I wanted to mention is I'm a great fan of uh, the life insurance retirement plan, you yeah. know, the LIRP. Um, you know, I, I, if, I mean, if you've maxed out uh, on your retirement plan contributions, mm-hmm. you, you can use a life insurance policy uh, and um, overfund it and and wind up. Uh, and there are different strategies that can be. Used And, and um, you know, and you can get um, uh, tax free cash flow, uh, as well as having uh, a life insurance uh, benefit so that it makes your plans uh, self completing, uh, which is always the weakness in many plans that if you die prematurely, the plan is not self completing. And if you're married, uh, your your spouse will will need uh, the uh, the life insurance proceeds, which are not life insurance at that point. They're cash. Right. So people people need that. You know, people forget that uh, you know, that you know it, it's not insurance. It's money yeah. at that point. I can tell you that I have never had a widow uh, write a check back to the insurance company and said my husband was overinsured. Oh, no, <laughs> that's never going to happen.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. One more thing, too, on uh, health savings accounts, uh, if you're eligible. I mean, you wouldn't look at that really as income, but in many ways it is. I mean, how you use it, it's kind of broad and what can uh, what you can use it for that would still be tax-free because HSAs are really, they have a triple tax benefit.
0: Yes, they do. In fact, uh, they're, they're the only that are the only thing that is that's triple mm-hmm. uh, tax deferred um there is one other thing and that is that is income from charitable remainder trust uh-huh. uh, it is but uh you know people as soon as people hear the word charitable, they run. So I, I always refer to it as, ch- as a, a chocolate chip cookie, because <laughs> people people like chocolate chip right. cookies. People like what a, what a CRT does, uh-huh. uh, and it, that is triple. That is triple okay. tax deferred, including no tax on the transfer of the asset when when the trust expires. I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's as good as the uh, HSA, and you don't have the same. But I like HSAs. Um, yeah. when, once you're in Medicare, you can't contribute to them any longer. But if you have money in it, you, you can um, still use it until it's exhausted. And if you want to roll that, you can do a one-time IRA rollover of, of whatever funds uh, remain. Hmm. So you can do that. Uh, you know as well it's it's a great it is a great uh, benefit I've never everybody that's got an Hsa you know raves about it and, yeah I've um, never heard anything bad about it no you do have to have a high deductible yeah plan in order to take advantage of it but still uh, I think they are they are outstanding they so, really um, are I'm a fan count me a
2: fan absolutely count me a fan on that one too I don't see how you can go wrong. I mean, I don't see how you can find something to argue about with an HSA. Well, that's good no. stuff. And it's good to know there, is, there are strategies that can produce some uh, income streams that would not have that tax burden. That's a conversation Fred can have with you. And again, wherever you are, you can schedule with Fred. It's an easy, really, phone call. Um, and actually, leave your information. Fred will return your call. And and schedule however you want to do it. Maybe you're close to Fred, want to meet in person. Maybe you're far away from Fred and want to meet virtually. Well, technology uh, definitely allows that. 800-593-8188. 800-593-8188. Also, visit uh, Fred's website, which is moneymattersusa.net. Once again... Thanks so much for joining us, Fred. Good information here. I'll be glad when we have cheerier economic news, but that day will come, and we'll just keep rolling. We'll keep dropping these podcasts every week. It's an educational outreach on your part, and of course, in the area that you're most familiar with and you laser focus on, that is retirement planning. Thanks so much to you for joining us. We're back dropping another one next Friday, Money Matters USA.